Welcome to Talking Jazz. My guest today is Alexis Cole, incredible vocalist, composer, arranger, entrepreneur, so many things. And it's great to have you here. Welcome, Alexis. Thank you so much, Monica. We'll talk about some of your music. And this is actually music that's from a brand new album. So this is kind of cool. And it takes you back, I guess, to some adventures you had previously. Let's start with some of your background. You know, you come from, yes, of course, vocalist, but actually army too and all these kinds of things so give us a little synopsis of how you started and got into this and got to where you are now so actually i'm from a musical family sort of my father who i didn't grow up with is a piano player and singer and my mother's mother my maternal grandmother was also a piano player and singer so i have it on both sides of my family she wasn't a professional but actually she, she was when she was young but there was a bar fight in a bar she was playing and she got hit in the eye with a bottle. And so her family prohibited her from singing professionally after that. So she didn't go into it. She became a mom and stuff. But when I was a little girl, she would take me around to all the country clubs. And at that time, you know, in the 80s, a lot of the jazz musicians would spend the winters down in Florida. So we had amazing sessions there. And my grandmother would take me to these little, they weren't really jam sessions. They were just where people were playing, but she knew them. She would take me to these gigs and she would sit in with them and saying, you know, it was really a great way for me to get an early introduction. And she would teach me songs in the pool, you know, when I would go visit her and her condo on the beach. And, you know, I learned Pennies from Heaven. That was the first song I learned and all of me and these other songs, It Had to Be You. I was always singing, you know, in choirs and solo opportunities in school. And then in high school, I went to the New World School of the Arts in Miami, which is a wonderful magnet school, really incredible with a great college program. I graduated high school with two years of community college, essentially. At that time, I was doing musical theater there and I thought I was gonna go into musical theater, except that I'm really not very good at acting and I'm definitely not good at dancing. In my senior year, I responded to an ad that somebody had put up um, on the bulletin board that said that a singer was needed for a gig on a South Beach hotel. I responded to the ad and he asked, he said, well, to audition, you're going to need to learn some songs. And he gave me a cassette tape of Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and Frank Sinatra, you know, Sarah Vaughan. And he said, these are the songs I want you to learn all standards. And I said, well, what if I don't get the job? I'll have learned all these songs. And he's like, yeah, then you'll have learned all these songs. Go learn the song. It's a corny gig. So seriously, from humble beginnings, because he was a vibes and marimba player. So it was him solo with band in the box accompaniment tracks. That was the gig and live chick singer. That was the gig, $50 a night. And I got the gig and I learned all those songs. And I just said, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do with my voice. I have a low voice and I love improvisation. I hate to do something the same way twice. And so as soon as I was really introduced to jazz, of course I had been introduced much earlier from my grandmother and these gigs and stuff, but I just didn't really put two and two together somehow. It was through this gig that I came to realize that I should sing jazz. Thankfully that was in time for me to change directions for college because I was looking at schools for musical theater. And I ended up first at the University of Miami in their jazz program and then transferred to William Patterson in New Jersey where just last semester I joined the faculty. So I loved William Patterson, that was really great. And my mentor, Nancy Morano, was teaching there. It was her first year, I was so lucky. And just sort of went on from there. And so, yeah, you mentioned about the army. So actually I didn't join the army till I was 33. So I had those years from whatever, you graduated 21 or two and then till 33. So for that you know, decade, just tried to freelance in New York City, which is really difficult to do. And I, I had a, got my first teaching job at the 92nd Street Y, teaching private voice lessons. I 
got my master's at Queens College. About five years after my undergrad, I decided to go back for my master's. And then I ended up teaching in Ecuador at the University of San Francisco in Quito, Ecuador. It's a Berkeley College of Music outpost there. So it was a really great experience. I did it for one semester. That was all I you know, was contracted and wanted to do. They were looking for a full-time faculty member to calm down. After that, on my way home from that gig, I stopped in Florida. My grandmother had passed away while I was down there and she left me $10,000. And my mother said, what are you gonna do with your $10,000 that Nana gave you? I said, well, I'm gonna save 5,000 for bills because I'm responsible. And then I said, I wanna go to Japan because I have a friend who was there and we had a musical project that we hadn't finished. I figured I'll go see Japan and I'll meet the friend. And I got up from that conversation and my grandmother must have been listening from the heavens. And there was an email in my inbox that said, does anybody know anybody who is available for three months starting in three weeks? who can play piano and sing for a gig in Japan. And I had nothing going on because I was just coming from, from Ecuador. I didn't have an apartment or you know, a job or a boyfriend or anything. So I went to Japan and that started three years where I just went back and forth between New York and Japan for these uh, three month contracts. I did four of them all together. And then at the end of that, the reason I stopped doing that was because I heard about, Nancy Morano actually told me about the audition at West Point to sing in the West Point band. And I said, oh, I can't audition, I'm going to Japan. But it turned out the audition was set for the week that I was returning from my three month tour in Japan. So meant to be. So I auditioned, that was in 2009 and got the job and sang for the next six and a half years with the West Point Band. And you know, moved to uh, Peekskill, New York, the Hudson Valley. I mean, the fact that I got one of those jobs, mil you know, highly coveted military you know, vocalist jobs right out of sight of New York City was just amazing and really laid the groundwork for my all the records I made during those years. I, I didn't gig as much as I would have been hoping to because the job was very demanding and you couldn't really make plans because if they needed you, you had to be there. But I recorded prolifically during that time. I made four records for Venus Records, two for Motema Music, two for Chesky Records, all during the time I was in the Army. In 2015, I decided it was time to leave the army band. I had only meant to stay for three years. So the fact that I stayed for six and a half, you know, was such a great job. You know, things were changing over there with the jazz band they cut down from a big band. So it wasn't the same and I hadn't meant to stay so long anyway. So I left, as soon as I decided to leave, amazingly, I got hired at SUNY Purchase to direct the jazz vocal program there. So that overlapped my last year in the army. It was my first year at SUNY Purchase. And now we have a thriving program there really amazing. Our singer Samara Joy just graduated in May and now she's like an international superstar. And now we have Anais Reno there with us. She's also a star. Even at, seven, at 17, she put out her first album with Emmett Cohen. So it's a really amazing program thanks to our director, Pete Malinverney, who really loves vocals and gets it, you know, and really does all he can to make the vocal program thrive. And I'm so lucky to be there. So that brings us pretty much to today where I'm teaching at William Patterson and SUNY Purchase and now at Western Connecticut State University as well. And working, of course, you know, now I started jazzvoice.com, which maybe we'll talk a little bit more about later. You know, I think that's the life of a musician is just to find opportunities. And, you know, I always say to my students, go through the open doors. And my life hasn't been a straight line, but I've, I've found opportunities by, by taking the ones that came to me and, and saying yes. It's such a example of the entrepreneurial spirit and, and what you have to do as a musician of saying yes and, and putting it and piecing it together you know it's not one straightforward way and yes we'll we'll talk more about that and especially about the uh, jazzvoice.com but I think we should throw in some music so we Great. get a taste of all these accomplishments and, and we're going to have across the universe which is from your new album and kind of takes you back to your 
army years with the big band and the arranger i believe scott archangel is, is somebody you met so all the music on the new cd which is called sky blossom songs for my tour of duty these were all the arrangements that i sang when i was in the west point band of the 12 tracks nine of them are arranged by scott archangel who was our music director all right let's go back to the the army years and, and this is especially cool it's, it's a beatles song of course but in a very unique and different take i want to say we pulled this arrangement together for a Beatles concert. Being a musician in the army isn't always, I loved the job and it was really great, but you know, sometimes it was really difficult for me to hear no, or, you know, to have to like uh, put my musical preferences aside to something else. And so for this song, you know, I really loved its message. Nothing's going to change my world where it's like, it's sort of like, you know what, I, I'm an artist. I have my own spirit and this is only temporary. And whereas like the spirit lives you know, lives longer and deeper. And so it was sort of, and it was at the end of my career there, which is always a difficult time when you're separating. So it was a really important message at that time for me to sort of share with, for myself. And also after the arrangement was done, I hired the sound design artist called uh, Wazy Lizard, Sebastian Nuat out of Iceland. And he, at the end, about minute four, you'll hear on the track, there's some cool like overtone singing and some other like a uh, kind of distortion sounds. He put those on for me because I kind of I just wanted it to kind of have a different texture. Very cool arrangement. Let's have a listen. So here is Across the Universe from the brand new album Sky Blossom by my guest today, Alexis Cole. Which dance before me like a million eyes 
They call me on and on across the universe. Thoughts meander like a restless wind inside a letterbox. They tumble blindly as they make their way across the universe. Chayaguru. universe an arrangement of of course the popular Beatles song from the new album Sky Blossom a 2021 release by my guest today Alexis Cole who you heard on vocals Alexis has shared with us the background how she got to singing and and those prominent army years but you also mentioned that you're now teaching at three colleges you have jazzvoice.com you obviously have some dedication to teaching here <laughs> tell us a little bit about jazzvoice.com and how you approach teaching well i'll give you the origin story of jazzvoice.com which is i was in my cabin during the pandemic and i was doing plumbing and got a chainsaw and did some roofing and you know made some how-to videos and actually i made a little series of singing how-to videos after i was done with my you know handy woman how-to videos and it led me to thinking wow wouldn't it be great if there was a website now that we were all teaching online because all the college 
teachers had to go online for the to finish up the semester that spring. Wouldn't it be great if all these new teachers who are online, if I could like put them together on a website, if someone could, that would not me, someone put them on a website where they could access students, you know, and you could just buy a lesson with whoever. I thought, wow, that's a really great idea. Someone should do that. For about three days, it kind of ate at me and I was like, Someone should do that. I should do that. And I thought of all the years that I'd been going to first IAJE and then Jen and all the people I know. And, and then also I was the um, vice president of the Vocal Jazz Coalition. It's a New York chapter. That was an organization that in the past that was really a great networking for singers. I mean, I know a thousand singers, maybe two, I don't know. And I know so many educators and teachers and professionals. And I just thought, wow, I should do it. There was actually a grant from my high school, which goes to show how important, you know, these grant opportunities are, you know, that generosity it really did stimulate me to give me a deadline so I thought I want to get the site up in time to apply for the grant and I and I did I worked day and night I was here at the cabin by myself with no external simulation and no responsibilities that semester was pretty much over and I just worked literally day and night for about two months figuring out how to make the website you know work and um, and changing its the model to be a subscription model where we have classes and stuff. Anyway, it, it took a few months and we applied for the grant. A friend helped me with the grant application, but I didn't, I didn't get a grant, but instead I got a website. And by the third month, we already had about a hundred members of the website. So it was really amazing. And we have member classes where people who are these subscribing members can come on and just be part of the Zoom. The memberships are ex extremely affordable, uh, starting at just $15 a month. It was really a great place to share. It really capitalizes on my ethos, which is that art making should be for everyone, not just reserved for professionals. And I'm really grateful that I get to be a professional musician, but it's much more important to me, you know, that everybody get to make art because we've kind of compartmentalized that even sports we don't play sports anymore we let we just watch sports on tv and let other people play games those are games we should be playing games it's fun it's how we communicate with each other in a deeper way and find more meaning in life jazzvoice.com is not just you know for professional students who want to become professional singers it's for amateur singers ama meaning for the love of you know, and it's for semi-professionals who, you know, want to get out there on the weekends and do some gigs. And it's for hobbyists, you know, and or people who are just interested. So I really love that it's so inclusive and there's something for everyone. And we start a lot of our classes speak to people on a very basic level. I like to do the very beginning theory classes because seeing people understand something where they've been mystified their whole lives, like, oh, I just hate that exclusivity that jargon gives. I just love it when to see that flash of understanding when somebody really explains something to somebody taking their time, making sure that they get it. So that's a sort of specialty of mine, which I think is really helpful for singers because not all singers have the background that instrumentalists have. And I mean, I'm lucky I had piano lessons growing up, but even when I went to college, I spent my freshman year with my, you know, scraping my jaw off the floor after every class, like wondering what they were talking about, even being able to read music and having had theory classes in choir and stuff like that. So that's a lot of why I love to teach. You know, as far as at my colleges, I actually spend a lot of time there trying to convince students not to study music in college. So far, I haven't been very successful. It's not a great idea to get a music degree. You have to have so much together to make that work for you. But you know what's great is doing some other job that you also find somewhat fulfilling and also singing. You don't need a degree to sing. When I was in college, you couldn't have told me that. Actually, it's kind of funny because Whit Seidner, the director of University of Miami at the time, he told me, he's like, you're a, my freshman jury. Oh, I bombed. You're a smart girl. Why don't you take up an academic? 
And actually at the time I was taking this uh, master's level philosophy class and I was the only one doing the reading. So I did love academic study and, you know, and I really got a lot out of that. But I was like, uh, you don't know me, but I'm a singer. There's nothing else I can do on this planet. This is all. And I think if you have that mentality, you should be in music school because what else can you do? There's nothing that person could do. But, you know, people who I see that, that aren't passionate, that don't do the work, that I don't want them to get this degree it, it it's it's the degree is only as good as the things that you learn while you were getting it because you're not really certified to do anything when you graduate from college with a fine arts degree yeah i usually say you know if there's anything else you think you can do do that because you're right i mean it's difficult and there's no reason you know it's, it's kind of hard how we define success you know in, in terms of music success means you have to be suffering and and you know not do anything else and just determined by how much percentage of your time or income comes from from that part that's called success but there's other ways to de define that and i love you the way you describe yeah. Oh, thank you. I think also people who do music as a hobby, mm -hmm. I think they get so much out of it. They love it. They just enjoy it. You know, but when music's your job too, it's much less frequent that I have those moments, you know, where I'm just like, oh, I get to play. Here we go. We're going to play. I'm like, how many people are in the house? Oh, did so-and-so show up? Oh, this drummer is like, oh, and, and now, you know, it's going to make me look bad. Or, oh, is the video coming on? Oh, is that person live streaming? I didn't want them to do that. Or, you know, there's just so many things. Did we get paid? How was the travel? The, did I eat? You know, there's like, it's just a lot. And, and when you can finally get to those moments where you're just really sitting back and enjoying playing, it's beautiful. It's the best thing ever but they're few and far between. So, I think that's actually a good setup to go and listen to Joy Spring here. <laughs> Where's sure. the joy here? There is so much joy, you know, and <laughs> I know I'm saying those negative things, but um, you know, there is a lot of joy. This is actually the first arrangement that Scott wrote for me to sing with the band, because mm -hmm. it was a song that uh, he had heard me sing and he loves the song. The lyric is actually written by a woman, Jezra Kay, in Brooklyn. It's not the John Hendricks lyric. And I really love this lyric. It's about sort of the community spirit, having the time to say hello and give a smile. Feeling real good is in style. I just love this lyric. And I love Jazra. She's an amazing woman. And of course, Clifford Brown's incredible melody can't be beat. Let's get into some Joy Spring mode here. Yeah. So this is Joy Spring from the new album Sky Blossom by my guest today, Alexis Cole. And yeah, and at the end, you'll hear it goes into 5-4 for a minute. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Scott knows I, I, I studied singing. I forgot to mention that in the intro, but I studied singing in India. And I also I just love world music and that sort of uh, an improvisation in that style. So you'll hear a little bit of he alexified it at the end there. That's a great word. All right, we'll hear the alexified version of Joy Spring from the new album Sky Blossom featuring my guest today, Alexis Cole. Time, but spring is my joy. It's got me feeling so glad the days are breezy. You've got the time to say hello, give a smile, feeling the good is in style. You may take winter, boy, but spring is my joy. It's something special, and you observed it makes you glad to be alive. It's not absurd to say that spring helps you survive the winter long. 
miserable snow and rain It gives you hope to know that spring will get a refrain You gotta believe the day is coming The world is humming Thinking about how it will be And not go stopping for me You may dig winter, boy, but spring is my joy
featuring my guest today, Alexis Cole on the vocals. And we're having a great conversation on, on teaching, on careers and success and how difficult it is and not gotten easier over that last year to create creative or artistic career. And there's a lot of entrepreneurship involved and entrepreneurial spirit, meaning you have to be willing to create your own space from the ground up, from no resources and, and growing it little by little. It's a daunting task and it takes a lot of outside skills, not necessarily the music skills, but, but something that you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, you were taking that philosophy class and doing all the readings and nobody else was, you know, I, I think musicians in the way they train have such a leg up in terms of their organizational skills and the way they use their minds to make projects. And I'm pretty sure when you put that jazzvoice.com together, your musician mind was of much help to do that. You, you talked about how you share with your students to go outside, but do you encourage them to do their project? How do you give them career training? Well, first I want to mention, you know, we talked about my father and my grandmother being my musical influences. My mother is actually in business. She actually was a representative for years for the NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Businesses. She just loved her clients. And, you know, of course, it's a membership. She's selling memberships. She was in sales. But she just loved going in and, you know, seeing what they're doing from an outside perspective and helping them to make their businesses better. And she was so passionate about it, especially the people that she really loved. She wanted to see them succeed. She had so many jobs, you know, over the years. She, you know, was never content at a lot of places because she'd see all the sort of mismanagement and the things that they could be doing better and it really bothered her. And so she would end up either quitting or getting fired a lot of the time. <laughs> Nobody likes to hear what they're doing wrong, you know, from, from some secretary. You know, she always tells me when I tell her about my success in business or whatever, she says, you know, well, that's because I taught you supply and demand in the bathtub when you were three years old. You know, I really do feel like she influ has influenced me a lot to just have that you know, entrepreneurial mindset and thinking, well, you know, nobody's gonna do it for you. You have to do it yourself and not to be afraid of trying new things and also not to be afraid of business itself because a lot of artists are feel that it's anathema to making their art and i feel like you know if you're making your art all by yourself and no one's on your party train and not to say that visionary artists who've been up you know beyond what popular understanding is aren't that's a valid thing but i don't know i want people on my party train with me enjoying my music and you know i want to get out there and share what I'm doing with other people and not just keep it to myself. So that all takes the same kind of skills that you would in business if you were selling something. So a lot of it, a lot of being a musician is kind of a sales job. Exactly. And the idea of not touching the business side because it taints your art, you know, that's often a mentality, but you're right. I mean, no business would ever start out without making a business plan, right? Mm -hmm. So why would you start a business, which is you putting yourself out there without a plan and, and, and without putting that in place? There's nothing bad about it. Right? When I was young, I used to say like, oh, I'll never sell out. And I don't even think like, I've never been even given the opportunity to sell out. Like, that's just not how it is. It's so much more holistic. And maybe when I was in the army, I did have to sing whatever they wanted me to sing. It wasn't like a, I mean, there were a lot of choices and we did a lot of repertoire that I wanted to do. But if I, if there was something I didn't want to do, it didn't really take it into account too much, you know, but it didn't, it, when I did those things, it didn't at all feel like selling out. It was just like, ah, I'm, I'm not really enjoying doing that, but this is my job. You know, it's just so much less black and white. When I was a kid, I just thought it was this, I don't know what I thought was going to happen in my career, but I wasn't going to sell out. That 
it hasn't really been a problem. And, and it's nice that we do a music, you know, that is appealing to, you know, so I feel bad for like people who do like 20th century classical music and, you know, other music that might be harder for people to understand. Like you don't get a gig in a restaurant playing 20th century classical music, you know, you have to really organize that and find your audience and stuff. And the same with like modern dancers. And, you know, I just think there's a lot of composers, you know, that are doing new music. I don't know, there's, or classical musicians even. We're so lucky doing a music that's at least somewhat popular in our culture. But you mentioned with the students. So yeah, when my students are, you know, in their junior or senior year, you know, I help them build a website. You think that young people are on social media, but they're not always using, leveraging their social media for their music career yet. So I help them think about it that way. And mm. yeah, we definitely talk about getting gigs. If, they, if they're ready to get gigs, you know, I to help, help them plan how to do that, put together their EPK and stuff. Well, you know, that kind of leads us into this next one, New York State of Mind, right? Billy Joel, we did a Billy Joel concert at the mm. at West Point, uh, one of our Trophy Point Summer Series concerts. And mm. Billy Joel actually used to live in Highland Falls, which is how he got that song, Summer Highland Falls. And it's right next, Highland Falls is the town that abuts uh, West Point. So it felt extra special to be singing that in his old stomping grounds. This is, Scott's arrangement of this is actually based on my arrangement, my piano trio arrangement. I used to sing this song when I was in Japan, when I would feel homesick, I would play the song because it just reminded me of home. And this features Derek James on saxophone. So here is New York State of Mind from the 2021 release Sky Blossom featuring Derek James on saxophone. And of course, my guest today, Alexis Rose. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood. Hop a flight to Miami Beach or to Hollywood. I'm taking a Greyhound on a Hudson River line I'm in a New York state of mind I've seen all the movie stars And their fancy cars and their limousines Been high in the Rockies under the evergreens I know what I'm eating And I don't want to waste more time With the rhythm and blues But now I need a little give and take The New York Times Or the Daily News Comes down to reality It's fine with me cause I've let it slide Don't care if it's Chinatown or a
touch with the rhythm and blues But now I need a little give and take The New York Times or the Daily News Counts down to reality It's fine with me cause I've let it slide State of Mind, a selection from the album, the new album, Sky Blossom, by my guest today, Alexis Cole, who you heard on vocals. You know, in jazz, there's always an interesting relationship between vocalists and instrumentalists. You're adding the words, you're standing in front and, and the instrumentalists are behind you. So that already gives an interesting dynamic to it. Also the repertoire, right? There's a very specific repertoire, as you mentioned earlier, that you're expected to know as a vocalist, which is part of that great American songbook. You're obviously reaching beyond with the repertoire. It seems to be the expectations still. How do you see it evolve in terms of, you know, getting beyond and what's the new repertoire let's talk a little bit about this sure. repertoire for vocalists i feel like it, in colleges in america it's it's really a given that american songbook songs will be learned in school mm -hmm. and that is shown you know when students graduate they go out to play in new york and everybody has a certain baseline of repertoire but i also teach in europe a little bit and the students there are they do not seem the least bit interested in learning the Great American Songbook. And it drives their teachers nuts because the teachers see the value, but they just, and they don't really wanna play swing either. That's a thing too. But it's like, it's fine if you don't wanna swing on every song, but I mean, swing is like the most amazing feeling. Why would you not wanna learn how to swing? And it's something that takes a lot of time and practice to really be able to access and understand and, and, and feel good doing. I think A, we still have a great obligation as educators to teach the American Songbook and make sure that students are learning it because those songs are so different like if, if just to compare two songs from my album you know like New York State of Mind versus mm -hmm. Our Love is Here to Stay which we're gonna hear next <laughs> Our Love is Here to Stay is completely and these other 30 mostly 32 bar compositions I think of them as transparent like you can lay anything you want on top and meld it with the song because it's it's not directing you so much it's there for you to embody it, for you to do a treatment, an arrangement of however you know you want it to be. Whereas pop songs that don't follow that form and maybe don't have like a lot, most of them don't have like as high level of a harmonic exploration either as, as the Great American Songbook does. They're not as flexible or as transparent. They dictate so many more things that you must do or else the song is not the song anymore. Whereas there's, I mean, there's just like an infinite number of possibilities on that you can sort of create over most jazz standards, mm -hmm. over most American songbook songs. So I think that plus swing, you know, are the two main reasons why we want to continue learning these great songs and not let that tradition die because that's, 
it's also the foundation of jazz. You know, it came up at the time when those songs were being written. It took them out of the plays and brought them into the mainstream music scene. And I, I think there's just a lot of value there. And also, I know all the topics aren't always so deep, but it's so funny. Monica, I tell you, like, actually, I've been October, November, I toured a lot. And I sang, our I sang a lot of songs from the album to promote it. Even if it was just duo, I'd say, this album is a big band and we are a very small band, <laughs> but these are the same songs. But I just found like, oh my God, I found myself almost in tears singing Our Love Is Here To Stay. In time, the Rockies may tumble, Gibraltar may crumble. They're only made of clay, but our love is here to stay. And that is so deep. Just because it's going here doesn't mean that those words don't pack a punch. And especially in our you know COVID world, where everything is changing beneath our feet, you know, every day, to think of love as more powerful than a rock. It really was an amazing revelation. And I might not have thought of that last year when I was singing it. Every song as I sing it through my life has shifting meanings or things that I, I feel that are that I can tag onto mm -hmm. at different times you know, in my life or when, when the song, when that, a line might register to me in a different way. And I think that's the work of truly great work of art is when you can continue to engage in it with it in a changing way over a lifetime. You know, so I, I feel like these, I mean, we always say, well, these are the songs that stood the test of time. They, they did and they do and they will. You're absolutely right. It's a trademark of a great song. If you have imagery that goes beyond one moment, but attracts, you know, everybody from all walks of life and has that meaning for them. And yeah, it's tricky, you know, you know, once it's a good song after a certain amount of time. So right now trying to figure out which ones they are that stand that test of time right the Beatles mm. kind of went there they've become the classics now they stood the test of time and some of the Billy Joel songs but it's always tricky when you look at the current pop and landscape and think hmm wonder who the ones are that will be there in 20 30 40 years well I think we should listen to our love is here to stay and just in, enjoy it and definitely listen to the words and and get that meaning so here's our love is here to stay from the album Sky Blossom featuring my guest today Alexis Cole It's very clear our love is here to stay not for a year, but ever and a day. The radio and the telephone and the movies that we know may just be passing fancies and in time may go. But oh my dear, our love is here to stay. Together we're going a long, long way In time the rockets may crumble, Gibraltar may tumble They're only made of clay But our love is here to stay
very clear Our love is here to stay Not for a year But ever and a day The radio and the telephone And the movies that we know May just be passing fancies And in time may go To stay together, we're going a long, long way. Each and the rockets may crumble, Gibraltar may tumble, they're only made of clay. But our love is here to stay. is here to stay a Gershwin classic from the great American songbook as recorded on the new album Sky Blossom by my guest today Alexis Cole who you also heard on vocals and we'll close out because it's the holidays and the spirit we'll close out with a version of Oh Holy Night in Alexis fashion don't expect it to be as the usual oh holy nights it has its twists and turns tell us a little bit about that version and and improvisation as a vocalist and in, in terms of that too i actually one of the producers from sky blossom asked me if i wanted to re-release my christmas album on his label kabir sagal i jumped at the opportunity it was on released on motema in 2009 and it's a huge production it was my first big production but i figured you only make a Christmas album once. And I had just come back from my last contract in Japan. So I had a wad of yen in my pocket to spend on this album. It had eight recording sessions with up to, there were, there are more than 50 musicians on this album. So it's a huge production. And I'm not singing on every song. Some of them are just commissioned arrangements that I commissioned and recorded because so, I wanted to make an album that I would be able to listen to every Christmas for the rest of my life. So I wanted to make it a real mix. And it is, it has world music elements and string quartet and children's choir percussion. And it's just, a. I really still stand behind this album. It's a fantastic album. And I'm so happy that I was able to executive produce and bring to life this great album and sing on. Kabir suggested that we have a new bonus track to add that that would make it a fresh release. So I thought, you know, immediately of Josh Nelson, who I've worked with once before, but who I'm a huge fangirl of his playing and his composing and arranging. And during the pandemic, his music was really important to me. I just, you know, especially the, his tracks with Kathleen Grace on vocals are just some of my favorite music in the world. And I just really love these songs. So anyway, I called him up hoping that he <laughs> might want to do something together. And he loved my arrangement idea. It's just piano and vocals. So he, you know, took my shell idea and fletched it out into something really fantastic as playing is so wonderful. He takes a solo between the verses. Oh, I started reading about the lyricist of this. So this song's originally a French carol. It got a treatment in English. The lyricist uh, actually was a transcendentalist, as somebody who believes in the inherent goodness of man. And he was a Unitarian minister. Okay. And I just thought that really, and also there's like a particular love of nature too in transcendentalism. So it really resonated with me and I, I felt very passionate about recording this lyric. And it also has like an abolitionist bent, the slave is our brother and we should all be free and equal. And that's still a message that people need to hear. And I actually originally had some sound effects of like a baby crying and some other like chanting at the end. It wasn't approved in production which is fine. You know, I think 
when you choose to work with people in a production capacity, you've got to generally try and listen to them and accept their expertise. Mm -hmm. And it's a stronger project usually when you do that. So mm -hmm. it's not my nature, but it's a good advice that I give myself and take. So I was glad to have his input. At the end, yeah, there's a section where this, the piano is kind of waning out and I did some improvisation, which is really influenced by my study of Indian classical singing and my love of world music and sort of off the beaten path from bebop scat singing for sure. Yeah, I tried to bring like a chant-like quality in. I mean, this, this song is about the night of Jesus' birth. I mean, it's just this night where like light came down and, you know, exploded the world into a different consciousness. So I wanted to sort of try and bring that out. Also, like there's so much stuff that I'm unhappy with. There's so much like great evils in the world today, like systems that are failing us and existential threat of climate change. And I just feel like the people who are in charge w will be held accountable, you know, for the destruction that they're. And I feel like this song has that like equal measures of wrathfulness you know, and like, and, and wonderment and joy. So I tried to bring that out. So. That's excellent. And, and if somebody could see us, which they don't, but I'm looking at you while the sun is shining and gives you this little halo. That is so cool <laughs> talking about this. But yeah, I, I so appreciate you taking the time to do today to share with us and about your music and about your approach to life, which is such a positive, adventurous, and forward-looking one that that we all need so much appreciating and keep at it and keep paul thank you thank you for all you do for the jazz community and for educators and um and and for putting this wonderful series together and for inviting me i'm so honored to be on your roster thank you great to have you yeah i, I still remember the night at cleopatra's needle in new york when i happened to get to do a song with you years ago oh holy night as performed by my guest today, Alexis Cole with Josh Nelson, wishing everybody best holidays, whatever you celebrate, and may all your wishes come true for 2022. Thanks, Alexis. Thank you, Monica. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.
His law is love, and His gospel is peace. Chains shall He break, for the slave is our brother, and in His name all oppression shall cease. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Oh, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. The night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. for listening to Talking Jazz. My guest today was vocalist, arranger, educator, entrepreneur, Alexis Cole. Tune in for Talking Jazz every Thursday at 11 a.m. and every Monday at 7 p.m. right here on WETF 105.7 FM in South Bend, Indiana or online at wetfthejazzstation.org. Also find videos of previous shows on YouTube on the Monica Hersick channel. That's M-O-N-I-K-A-H-E-R-Z-I-G. Subscribe to get the newest updates. Thank you for listening. <laughs>